With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock. Happy Thursday. We have a fantastic show planned for you today. We're going to roll out to Los Angeles and be joined by friend of the show, Trish Arrington's husband, one of the greatest college football players of all time, great NFL player, LeVar Arrington, who Uncle Jimmy taught everything he knew about football. He's going to join us. We're going to talk about NFL star Richard Sherman and the issues facing Richard Sherman. Let's get started with Richard Sherman and a fire starter. NFL star Richard Sherman is a victim, but he's not a victim of what corporate media and social media will argue over the coming days. Sherman spent most of Wednesday and half of today sobering up and stewing inside a Seattle area correctional facility. Police arrested the free agent cornerback on suspicion of burglary, domestic violence, suspicion of resisting arrest, and malicious mischief. Police apprehended Sherman outside his in-laws' home. He allegedly tried to break down their front door. Emergency 911 calls from a construction worker, Sherman's wife Ashley, and her uncle paint a chilling picture of a man out of control. I suspect over the coming days, we will read and hear speculation that CTE, head trauma, played a role in the 11-year NFL vet's meltdown. Sherman is one of the good ones, a real credit to his race, according to Joe Biden's America. Sherman stands for all the right things. He believes that what happened to Reverend George Floyd Luther III on the holy day of May 25th, 2020, is an accurate representation of how America treats its black citizens. On May 31st of the last year, as Black Lives Matter and Antifa protested the death of St. George Floyd with a nationwide looting, arson, and violence spree, Richard Sherman tossed a Molotov cocktail from the comfort of his Twitter feed, tweeting, quote, what will the response be to justice? Racism has been around forever, and too many excuses have been made for it. If you're sitting by watching it and judging the reaction, you're part of the problem with what is going on because you allow yourself to overlook the cause. He then later tweeted that same day, my profession or my education changed the fact that I'm a black man in America. And to that end, I will continue to fight for equality for people that are treated unjust in the country. And if that offends you or makes you uncomfortable, then maybe we're starting to make progress." End quote. Sherman, a multi-multi-millionaire who began his journey poor in South Central Los Angeles, 
believes that systemic racism defines his homeland far more than systemic freedom and opportunity. He is a high-profile ally in the Great Reset movement to dramatically change the way America and the world operate. As best they can, corporate media will protect Sherman at all costs. At some point, the race card will likely be played in Sherman's defense. Twitter's algorithms will promote an illogical, what about this narrative? Why is the media acting like Sherman is Thad Wilson? I, I mean, Chad Wilson, Oops, I mean, I mean, Chad Wheeler, or whatever his name is. You know, the white Seahawks offensive lineman who beat up his black girlfriend? The media ignored that whole thing. I mean, that's racism. It is highest. Richard Sherman's wife said Richard didn't hurt nobody. Richard Sherman is one of the most famous NFL players of all time. He's a Hall of Fame caliber defensive back. He's charismatic and extroverted. His long dreadlocks give him a distinctive look. He's arguably one of the most easily identifiable professional athletes in America. No one knows or cares about Chad Wheeler. Sherman, with his play and his mouth, has demanded we take notice of him. In the coming days, it will be argued that all the attention is unfair. Already, ESPN is ignoring details that damn Sherman. Here's how the worldwide leader in sports describes Sherman's arrest. Writing, quote, a spokesman said the situation between Sherman and police turned after he was informed they had probable cause to place him under arrest. At that point, Sherman began to walk away and increased his pace, at which time the K-9 unit was deployed to aid in the arrest." End quote. Police allege Sherman fought with them, and that's why a dog was used. Anyone who has listened to the 911 calls from Sherman's wife would believe he fought with police. As of this morning, ESPN chose not to quote from Ashley Sherman's frantic 911 call. Take a listen to this. 911, what are you reporting? Um, I, I, I need I need officers to my house now. My husband is drunk and blue dirt. What is the himself. Stop, stop. I'm, What's the address? Are there any is, weapons? Stop. We, are there we any, took, we took to no, me. there's no gun. I'm, I'm saying there are no weapons, ma'am. There are, no, there are no weapons. You need to stop interrupting me so I can get the information I need to get officers expedited. I need officers here now. What's he doing that, that you think he's going to harm he's, himself? He's being, he's, he's being aggressive. He has sent text messages. I took the I took the keys out. They're in your car. He's trying to leave now in the house. He's being aggressive. He's wrestling with my uncle. He's threatening to kill himself. He has sent text messages to people saying he's going to hang himself. <sighs> He, and he's saying that if the police show up, that so please don't shoot is what I'm asking. 
Okay, wait. Say that again. He if has no weapon. Says if the he has, show he, up, he what? said if the police show up, that he'll try to fight them. Okay, and how much has he had to drink tonight? Two bottles. Two bottles of what? Now, a vodka Mel. and Hennessy. Okay, hi. So, Richard Sherman's wife says, Richard said he was going to fight the police if they showed up. She said that he drank a bottle of vodka and Hennessy. The police say he fought them and released canine dogs on it. But ESPN, they ignored all that. ESPN also didn't quote from her uncle's 911 call. The uncle said that Sherman threatened violence against his wife and cut her off in traffic. All right, I'm painting the picture that I have zero sympathy for Sherman. I actually do have some. I'm not being sarcastic. He's a victim. My opinion that Sherman is melting down from years of leftist programming. He was educated at Stanford University in Northern California. He spent the first seven years of his NFL career in Seattle, the home of Chaz an Antifa stronghold. The last three years, he played in leftist Mecca, San Francisco. Sherman has been radicalized. He's far out over his intellectual skis. We sit around and think that millionaire athletes and celebrities are living a dream life. They're not, particularly in this day and age when they are required to promote an illogical, divisive racial narrative. Athletes are pulled in a thousand different directions. At age 20 and 21, they're tasked with being the primary providers and leaders for their immediate and extended families. They don't know who they can really trust. All of it is very stressful. I'm not surprised that Richard Sherman is cracking up and has turned to the bottle, and now this sort of chaos and dysfunction has spread to his extended family and the police are now involved. Uncle Jimmy, before we roll out to L.A. and bring in our guy, LeVar Arrington, you have a quick thought. Typical black man shit. Loved all, <laughs> typical black man shit. Love to sit up here and talk about how masses mistreating them and what do we do? Turn around and take that message, take it right back home to our families and take it out on them. I'm not going to touch that, Jim. I, I'm not going to disagree with it, but I'm not going to It's typical touch black it. man shit. You can twist it around however you want to, man. We've been talking on this show for two weeks now about the proper way how we as men need to carry on. And ain't one word talking about how this way Richard Sherman done acted. Go ahead, do what you're going to do. Let's talk to L.A., man. Yeah, let's roll out to L.A. and talk to LeVar Arrington. He was actually a professional football player. Second pick First. overall. Second pick overall in the NFL draft 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> you felt the kind of pressure that... Richard Sherman uh, is underneath LeVar. How do, what's your first reaction to what's transpiring? And do you, am I wrong for having a tiny bit of sympathy for Richard? Whew. You unloaded Jason Whitlock. Uh, as, as I internalize and, and listen to the call and that transcript. My first question is, how does he two bottles of liquor 
Um, that, that would be my first question because it's more in the fourth club. LA. Yeah. I'm going to apologize. Our audio connection is terrible. The stuff you're saying is great, but I'm not sure if our viewers are going to be able to hear cutting in and out. Okay. I, I, I want to apologize and, and, and bring you back as soon as we can because I didn't even get to – I want to celebrate you and talk about how proud I am of what you're doing with Up On Game, what you and TJ Husmanzada and Plaxico Burris are doing. These are – LeVar and TJ are two guys that were, were with me on Speak For Yourself. And athletes, a lot of times, just quite frankly – they don't have the work ethic for this media game. They just want to wing it. LeVar and TJ and what you all are doing on Up On Game makes me so proud. The level of work and professionalism, the quality, the things you're eliciting from athletes is amazing. And so I do want to instruct our viewers, listeners, or anybody that's out here looking for high-quality content with athletes explaining the culture of athletics, the dynamics, the strategy of athletics in a unique, transparent, refreshing way. Please find these guys up on game. It's on Saturdays, I believe, on Fox Sports Radio nationwide. There's a podcast you can download and digest. LeVar Arrington, TJ, Plaxico, these guys are going to be big names in this industry. So proud of these guys. We're going to bring LeVar back at some times when we, clean, when we can clean up the, the audio. But thank you so much for joining the show, and, and hopefully we can bring you back sooner than later. Appreciate you. Uncle Jimmy, this, what's going on with LeVar and this audio is going to force me to actually engage you <laughs> on this conversation you started. It's a brutal accusation or charge or suggestion that you've made. But I think it's fair. And and I want you as best you can to elaborate. I can. Please. Richard Sherman came Richard Sherman is one of these athletes that claims to be woke. That that's the new phrase, wokey woke. He claimed to be so woke, but he sure seemed to be running around here demonstrating some slave master mentality. You, 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 I mean, I, I don't understand. You, you, you a defensive back, man. You, you, you supposed to be a woke, woke black man. Why are you acting like you trying to stop your wife from escaping from the plantation? <sighs> what you call it, man? That woman's free to do what she want to do. Jim, get what you're saying. Do you agree with anything I said or understand anything I said about, man, we're putting these young guys in some very difficult positions in terms of just they become instant millionaires at 19, 20, 21 years old. And everybody says, oh, well, that's great. How is that a bad thing? Well, when you come from a culture and a foundation where that money, regardless of your age, maturity level, sophistication instantly makes you the head of your family. And now aunties, uncles, cousins, 
mamas, daddies start depending on you and you're no longer a son, you're no longer a nephew. You are actually the man of the house, the, man, the patriarch of the family. And I just don't think a lot of these guys, and again, I don't know all of Richard Sherman's uh, history. I just don't think a lot of these guys, or most of them, aren't ready for it. I know I certainly wouldn't have been at that age. And then when you tie in Richard Sherman's evolution as a person, leaving LA, going to Stanford, that is the head, well, the Ivy League schools back east are, are more of the head, but as far as a race to the West Coast in Northern California, Stanford University is where that liberal woke ideology is spread like a poison throughout the entire campus. You're not even allowed to think other thoughts. If you do, you're a sellout, a racist, or whatever. So at 18, he leaves LA South Central and goes to be programmed at Stanford see University. Yeah, to see his indoctrination. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then he gets drafted by Seattle, a city that's as woke as any city in America. Antifa has been burning down buildings and trying to defund the police and terrorizing the police for months in Seattle. That's, it's one of the wokest places in America. Have you ever seen so many white people running around hollering with their fist up talking about Black Lives Matter in your life? <laughs> Have you? Yeah, and that's where Richard Sherman spent seven to eight years of his life playing for the Seattle Seahawks and still has homes in that area. That's why you know he got arrested in Redmond, Washington, I believe. Uh, and then his next move is to San Francisco. He basically went right into the arms of Silicon Valley, woke America. He spent his whole last 15 years being indoctrinated into an ideology that he doesn't understand, but it totally emasculates the black man. It totally justifies emotional, irrational thinking. And so this, I, I'm t I think he's smart enough to realize the dynamic he's caught in and how, and I, th I honestly believe that's part of his mental meltdown. That's why he's turned to alcohol. There's been some blood analysis drawn that'll be, maybe we'll find out, maybe he had something else in his system, but based on the car wreck and the police saying the smell of alcohol, his wife saying he done drank two bottles of liquor, we at least know he was drunk. And I'm sitting there going, a dude that's made 50 to $100 million? Is this celebrated? He needs two bottles of liquor to function? Of, uh, of white and brown liquor. Yeah, to function? That's, that, what's driving that? What's eating at him? You're going to hear a lot of people argue, say, <laughs> CTE. CTE. And, you know, it's, it's head trauma. It's the NFL. Football did this to him. And, 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 Jim, I played football. Not at his level and certainly not as long as he did. But a lot of people have. And, and if, if football did this to you, why, why, why didn't Terry Bradshaw, why isn't he having these issues? Howie Long, 
Michael, and maybe they all are. Maybe they're all doing what Richard Sherman's doing. I don't, but I just don't see. I got all of my friends are former football players to some degree, college, pro level, whatever. Not all of them are, are, are like this. And every time somebody gets in trouble, they go, oh, CTE. They never examine anything else. What have we been talking about the last year since COVID? People locked up in their homes, locked up in their homes, depressed, family members. Again, maybe it ain't even Richard Sherman that's depressed. Family members, wife, kids. Who knows all the stresses going on within his immediate family, extended family, within his home because of COVID? We won't hear him talk. We're going to blame football. It's CTE. It's head trauma. I think it's the stress. And I think it's the unnatural stress of a burden we're making a lot of these athletes carry that they're just not equipped for. It would be, I'm telling you, if I had to be the spokesman for Weight Watchers, and every day I'm supposed to live and represent the Weight Watchers lifestyle, it would drive me crazy. I'm not built for that. And I'm looking at a lot of athletes not built to be Muhammad Ali. But they want to be. And, and they don't really even understand and, Muhammad Ali. you don't Ali. realize until you get into this thing of what it requires for you to be Ali. And particularly, Ali was actually standing on truth. That the, what he was representing in the 50s and 60s, there was actual credibility to. The, the, Jim, Bra- faith. Jim Brown, Bill Russell, these, when, they, when, that, when that sign said no blacks allowed, it applied to them too. Exactly. And so they were right in the same bucket with everybody else. When you're living in a gated community. I, 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 I've disengaged the gate. When you are surrounded by affluent white people for the most part, your kids go to school with other affluent white kids, you're not living the typical black existence. You can't represent it. You can't be the voice of it. It's a lie. And so they're forcing people to live a lie and represent a lie. And then we look up and say, oh, they cracked living this lie? Mm -hmm. Why should we be this surprised? Mm-hmm. You ever lived a lie, Jim? Um, I try not to. I, my life is what it is, because if I, if I have to live a lie, then I got to keep it up. You know, I, I, I want to say this, if I may, man, I, and I mean this to, I'm so glad that the police did not kill Richard Sherman. I'm so glad they didn't kill him, because if the police would have killed Richard Sherman, we wouldn't have heard nothing about these videotapes. All we would have heard was white cop kills black NFL star. We wouldn't have heard. We, it it would have just been another. We'd have got ready to burn down some more neighborhoods and businesses because another black man. It, it would have been a great story. He, he would have got him. He would have got him. He would have got him a big poster, a, a, a big statue. It would have been perfect. And see, but, but, but the police didn't kill him. If they'd have killed him, we'd have had another one. The police, in the, as best we know at this point, did what the police do in these situations 99,000 times. Can I tell you something, honest to goodness? If the police would have done what they were supposed to do, they would have arrested Richard Sherman the first time. 
let me be very honest with you about this whole thing, man. What bothers me about this whole thing is we're talking about, we're listening to all these tapes. As out of control as Richard Sherman is, there, it's not just a black, it's not just a white. This is a domestic thing. And when you have a male that's out of control like Richard Sherman is, there's families all over America that there's, hey, that woman could have been killed. That woman could have been killed. When you have situations like that, Okay, and and being a former law enforcement officer, when you show up at a domestic violence and and there's a report of domestic violence, somebody has to go to jail. You didn't take Richard Sherman to jail because he was Richard Sherman. No, hold on, Jim. Let's make sure we're factually. What they did, they engaged with Richard Sherman in a friendly manner for about 10 or 15 minutes. And then they informed him hey, we're going to place you under arrest. The police followed every protocol to avoid any accusations of BS. Exactly. The, the accusations of BS are going to come, but they did everything to try to avoid it in terms of, because you're right, if the police had showed up and Jimmy died, they, they had been told the information that a dispatcher had told them. There's been three different people call basically 911 on Richard Sherman. Mm-hmm. Hey, we think he's driving drunk. We think he, the, his wife said or the uncle said I th- he's threatened to kill his wife. He's, the, the wife has done said he's threatened to kill himself. Uh, the construction worker called and said the dude just crashed his car and damn near totaled it but drove off anyway. And this is all happening at 1 and 2 in the morning. If they show up and it's you, there's not no long 10, 15 minute conversation about, hey, we think we're gonna arrest you. They, they start slapping the cuffs on you as soon as they spot you, that's true. But, but they try, cause they're dealing with a celebrity. They're dealing with somebody that the dispatchers told them. The wife said, or the uncle said, oh, if the police come, I'm gonna fight them. They're trying to de-escalate as best they can. And, and I think it's unfair for ESPN to write up a story that basically paints the picture like, well, he was just walking back to his house and they released the dogs on him. Mm-mm, mm-mm. He fought with these people. They said it, his wife predicted it. Uh, they unleashed the dogs on him. A police officer had to go to the hospital to get his wounds from wrestling with Richard Sherman. Here's my question, Jason. If that had been you or I, and we wrestled with the police the first time, would there be a second time? Would there be anything to talk about the first time we wrestled with the police? Yes, there would be, Jim. No, man. It, it, here's, on, here's, now I know you're law enforcement. I mean, I'm saying... I'm, wrestled with some... Well, here's what I mean, though, Jason. No, check out what I'm saying. I'm saying if it's a regular... Jim, you done arrested some regular people and done had to wrestle with them. Did you kill them? I, it, that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying right now... I, I'm saying if it was any... It, Richard Sherman, being who Richard Sherman is, of the statute and structure that Richard Sherman is... It, I mean... Look, ain't that what we say? We say that the police don't want to do nothing but kill black men. Now, if that's you're being sarcastic and making that point. I'm saying that that's what I'm trying to say. They say that that's all that, that, that the police want to do. I'm actually trying to show you that they really did extra for, 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 for Richard Sherman. They really did extra because they're like, look, we don't want this because, you know, every, all the eyes are on the police. I'm trying to tell you that there was... It, this could have been bad. Jim, this could have been bad. Let me say this, and I, I think you're more of an expert than I am. No one ever really tells the story, in my view, 
of all the things that the police put up with on a daily basis. The abuse, the lack of cooperation, all, all we hear about is the ones that ended horrifically, and, and we only hear about a small group of the ones that in, ended horrifically. It has to be a white cop and a black uh, suspect. But the police deal with a lot on a daily basis that would have most people snapping long before they snap. You know, we, we love to talk about black people and they're killed by white police officers. You know what the number one killer of police officers is? Suicide. Suicide. That's the number one killer of officers. Trying, because we have to take this shit home with us. So in the process of trying to figure out right, wrong, morality, it's a tough fight, man. It's hard. And right now, you know, for, for to, to be in today's world, I mean, I'm so glad I'm not in law enforcement right now. I mean, because I wouldn't know, I mean, because first of all, rule number one is I'm, my number one rule for my officers is always we go home at the end of the day. Okay. But nowadays, you got to worry about who's watching this, who's doing this. What, hey, man, it, it's, a, it's a rough job out there. And then to top it off, let me just say this, too, also, because we're talking about Richard Sermon. Let, let, let's not downplay that what this dude is going through. He, he's having some form of a mental meltdown. He's having a mental episode. OK, but, you know, I have I have family members that have mental problems. But you know what, man? Just because you got a mental problem don't mean that you have a right to make everybody around you miserable. OK, so at some point or another, this is why. It's up to you to handle your business. If you know you got if you got problems, then you can't be drinking. That's all of us. If we know we supposed to be taking it, then we owe it to ourselves to take care of ourselves. Remember, we was talking with Buck. We talking about what other people need to be stepping in and other people need to be doing something. Hey, man, there's need the, the NFL needs to be. Where's these players at? They need to be lined up. We got you, Richard. We got you, Richard. Where are they at? Early in the process. I would bet in defense of Richard's teammates and his standing in the league, I, I, I would think people have reached out. I would think family members, NFL players, have tried to put their arms around Richard and say, hey, bro, what, what are we doing here? What direction are we going here? And the, the problem is, Jim, is... When someone's bathed in millions and millions of dollars and they can turn on their Twitter social media feed, be bathed in adulation and idolatry, it causes a delusion. Richard Sherman, any, a friend, and a wife, a child, a father, an in-law who might say, hey, bro, there's a problem. Richard Sherman opens his laptop or cell phone, and there's thousands of tweets saying, there's no problem, you're the greatest. You stood up for Black Lives Matter. You're a leader. You're the, and then he's got to put on this front that he is a leader, and everything's okay. And I, I, I'm the guy everybody's looking up for. These guys aren't built for this. And particularly at this time and day and age, I've been arguing this for years. And it's one of, the reasons, one of the main things I wanted to do with the undefeated at ESPN was do what we were going to call the LeBron Project. Mm. And it was going to examine LeBron's attempt to be the modern Muhammad Ali. And where it was, in retrospect, where it would have landed 
is it would have been an explanation of why he can't do it. He can't be LeBron James. The circumstances, the, everything has changed. Uh, the, the typical athlete living in some million-dollar gated community, that's not what was going on in the 50s and 60s. And all t- these corporate ties to billion-dollar corporations, Muhammad Ali didn't have that. He was connected to the Nation of Islam, not Nike. He was, he was, uh, Muhammad Ali was counseled by Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X, not Phil Knight and Maverick Carter. There's a big difference. And so this whole pursuit and burden we play, and I was part of placing, and with those that, oh, we need another Muhammad Ali and blah, blah. I was part of that. But just as you watch things play out, it is crystal clear We've put a burden on these guys' shoulders that's way too heavy for them. Not only, they're crushing America with that burden that we put on them. They're out here, you know, America ain't shit, and uh, it's systemically racist, and yeah, I know it worked for me, but it won't work for nobody else, and they're killing the country with it, and I just look at Richard Sherman, he tried to wear this mantle, I don't think he'll ever be able to wear it again. I would think based off of this incident and what we're hearing and the, the wife's 911. Now, if there were none of these 911 calls, they'd spin this story up and, and you know, it would be just be, you know, Richard Sherman was abused by the police. He had a little argument and then we- a little too much to drink. Yeah, a little too much to drink, arguing with his beers. wife and the police overreacted. But I don't think the 911 calls are gonna allow them to do that. All right, Jim. I want to tell you about our good friends at Good Ranchers. Did you know that more than 80% of the grass-fed beef sold in the United States is imported from overseas? That's right, imported from overseas. It's truly staggering. That's why I get my meat from GoodRanchers.com. Their product is 100% American. When you buy your steak and chicken from Good Ranchers, not only are you getting ethically raised sustainably sourced meat, you're also supporting American farmers. Ever watched Yellowstone, my, one of my favorite TV shows recently? Nothing wrong with supporting good American farmers. Good Ranchers have traveled, my friends at Good Ranchers have traveled the U.S. and met with the actual farmers that raise the livestock to ensure the product they are sending to your table is the very best. All of their product is individually wrapped, vacuum sealed, and ready to grill. This helps to eliminate waste. Good Ranchers safely delivers American craft beef and better than organic chicken right to your door. You can place a one-time order or better yet, subscribe. Check out the Family Feast Bundle, which includes steak and chicken. If you subscribe, you will get $20 off and free express shipping. Get steakhouse quality for less than $5 per meal. Jim, I know you've had some. I've now had some. It's, it's awesome. I'm going to be a big Good Ranchers supporter. going to send some to home to my mom and my brother. Uh, stop paying. Stop trying to play the grocery store guessing game. Know where your meat comes from with Good Ranchers and support American farmers. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash fearless to get $20 off and free express shipping. That's GoodRanchers.com Slash fearless.
Welcome back to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. All right, before we get move on, I want to tell you about Built Bar. You know me. I keep my ear to the ground for a lot of things. One of the most important things I keep my ear to the ground for is when Built Bar comes out with a new flavor. Now, if you're a living, breathing human being, that probably gets you just about as excited as it does me. Built Bars are also so incredibly delicious that it still amazes me they're healthy for you. That's what I need, healthy snacks. All that flavor without the guilt. Speaking of flavor, check out the Grasshopper Cookie or any of the other regular flavors at Built.com. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. Olympic track and field teams. And if that doesn't say amazing protein bar, I don't know what does. Go to Built.com and use promo code FEARLESS to save 15% off your first order. Use promo code FEARLESS for 15% off Built.com. All right, Uncle Jimmy. What's up, bro? I got a story for you. I want to see if you can, like, freelance and relate this to the Bible in any way, because it's the first thing I thought of when I heard this story. George You're Floyd. serious, too. Come on, let's I'm go. <laughs> I think it's in Toledo, Ohio. There was a mural of George Floyd. And it got struck by lightning and collapsed. Listen to this news story. Tremaine Mitchell runs by this part of Summit Street at the intersection of LaGrange all the time. When he gets here, he knows he's home. But instead of this catching his eye Tuesday, it was this. The George Floyd mural, painted on the side of the old mugshots bar, crumbled into a pile of broken bricks. Right before that storm hit, I just pulled in my driveway and it wasn't down. I would have noticed it right away. I noticed it when they put it up. I would have noticed it when it came down. A witness told Toledo firefighters they saw a lightning strike hit the building. Mm. A lightning strike hit St. George Floyd's mural can we can we or should we read anything into that? Let me get this right. Yeah. We can't give God credit for nothing, but we're going to give him credit for tearing up George Floyd mural. <laughs> we, we can't give God credit for working miracles. We can't give him credit for, but we're going to give him credit for destroying George Floyd's mural. Why not? I, don't, I mean, if there, if, if, if let me just say this. Let me just say this. If that's true, if that's true, and they, they, there's proof, as much as I've tried to, I done already told you, look here, the same people that built that mural is the same people that tore that mural down. Don't you believe that? That's them trying to, they want black people to get us, oh, they tore down the mural. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Okay, so we're going to say God tore it down. If God tore down that mural, God's really pissed at man right now. As well he should be. If God tore down a mural, everything, and God just, pow! Now, he ain't beyond that. He's, he, he does that every now and then. He'll do something to let you know I'm still God. But if God tore that mural down, that must let you know how upset he was at mankind. Because the Bible warns you, God tells you, you will not have no uh, uh, crave, graven image ahead of me. Thou shalt not have no gods ahead of me. And there are some people, I told you before, we talked about this, man. There are some people, man, that will let you talk bad about Jesus, but will put you out their house for talking bad about George Floyd. 
all th- this is not just an American thing all over the world. Images of George Floyd, murals, statues. Uh, this guy is an exalted figure globally. And his contribution to life can be summarized in nine minutes and, and not because of anything he did because of something that somebody did to him. We've got him up as, in my view, a false God. And I, I, I call me crazy, call me, you know, I guess I, whatever the QAnon thing is, you know, I like I had to ask people to tell me what QAnon was, but it's conspiracy theories. And so call me a conspiracy theorist that I do believe that there was a message behind the, the removal of George Floyd's statue and mural, and it's a signal to everybody else. Uh, I tell you what, the next time it starts raining, I'm gonna put a stopwatch on to see how long it lasts and see if it lasts like <laughs> 20 days or how many ever long days it takes to flood the earth. Hey man, they say that a coincidence ain't nothing but God's way of choosing to remain anonymous. They say a that's just God's way of going. <laughs> I ain't had nothing to do with that. That, that just happened. <laughs> that was Jimmy. Go ahead. <laughs> that had nothing to do with that. <laughs> there, you there you go. There you go. Seriously. Uh, all right. We're going to keep it moving. We're going to get to our approval rating. Oh, for, man. Let's do that. For, I forgot uh, about that. This is Richard Sherman. Oh, God. And so we got a little time here, Jim. We can take a little time. And uh, I'm not as down on Richard Sherman right now as people would think. I'm not going to pounce at the moment. I want to let some more facts come out. Press conference in in Seattle, I think. Richard Sherman uh, uh, scheduled to be released. And so Richard Sherman at some point may come out with his side of the story, some additional information. So I just want everybody to know, oh man, Willow's finna jump all over Richard Sherman. He's going to be the ultimate dumpster fire. Maybe not. Job performance. I'm going to give Richard, you know, he's a free agent, but he played relatively well last year. Uh, you know, a free agent, though, jobless. So I can't, I do think he's put together a Hall of Fame career. Uh, but right now, because he's jobless, he's got these off-field issues. Job performance, I'm going to go 16. Uh for his job performance, I'm going to give him a 20. The man ain't got a job. The man ain't got a job, but I, he played last year. Say what you want to for a 78-year-old black man. <laughs> for a 78, Richard Sherman still can play a little bit, honestly. It don't matter that, that, that his hairline is receding, like starting back here, going back. He looking like a damn Cyclops or something. But one of them things from Star Trek, that don't matter. A Klingon. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. It don't matter if that. The man's 78 years old. He can still play. God bless him. Uh, character. I'm not going to erase all of his character just yet. I want some more information before I just completely destroy him. It's not a good look today based off the allegations. But right now, I'm going to say a 10 in character for Richard Sherman. Young, black. 
braids, rich, can do no wrong. If that ain't a character, I don't know what is. <laughs> I give him a 25. That man represents all that's wrong with the black man in the world today. You a full-fledged character. That's why you run around with that long-ass woman hair that you got, acting like a damn woman. Instead of acting like a man and handling your business, you run around here chasing somebody around like... That's, that's what we talking about. You ain't... I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. You a character. You a clown. Somebody's coming after you, Jim. You a clown. That's Uncle Jimmy, not me. Uh, <laughs> often yeah, come on, come after me, hell. See, yeah, you, you chase a girl, come I'll knock your damn teeth out. <laughs> Authenticity. I got two words for Richard Sherman. He come after me. Lawsuit. <laughs> Authenticity. I'm going to four. I don't think he's authentic. I think that's why he's cracking up. It's too much stress of him trying to be the uh, head of Wakanda. Uh, Richard Sermon, I give him a 20 for authenticity because he's being exactly what the society wants him to be. And see, he got a trick waiting on him because now he about to get served up. Now he got another group waiting on him. Another group. He got another. He got another group. You, 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 you know, he, he think the CTE gonna get him. Wait till that LGBTYN get done with his ass. <laughs> you just wait. You ain't gonna be able to outrun that coverage. <laughs> you just wait. It factor. He's one of the most recognizable athletes in all the professional sports and in America. I give him an it factor twenty two. Uh, if you ask, I give him an it factor because he, I give him a zero because he ain't shit in my book. I'm telling you, he ain't shit in my book, man. Any man that pulls a mess like that, hey, man, you know what? You, 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 need, you, you need to get, you, I, now, I'm, I'm old school, man. I don't respect men to do that. I'm sorry. My job is to respect, is to protect and take care of women. You got to hear the details. Details, hell. You're a grown-ass man. We, we done told you what happens when you drink, when you act silly. Now we want the details. Did, did, did y'all give, to, did, did we wait for the details when Tiger got his ass whooped that golf cart? <laughs> when, when, when his wife beat his ass, did we wait for the details? Did we wait for the details uh, 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 with Ray Rice? Did yes, we, wait we for actually the, did. Did we wait for Ray the Rice. details with Javon Kerbett? Who? I don't even know who he was. I just remember him. <laughs> anyway, I got him at a 52. You shockingly, as bad as you ripped him, have him at a 65. We both got him a candle lit. He's candle lit. By the time he done, that's the only way his ass gonna be able to have some electricity in his house. Buy some damn candlelight when he's gonna get done with him. He's gonna be broke as hell. All right, that's it. We'll see you tomorrow.